You're listening to a podcast by Mission Field USA, a church planting initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. For more information and resources, visit lcms.org slash church planting. Hello and welcome to the Mission Field USA podcast. I'm Reverend Dr. Steve Shave, Director of LCMS Church Planting. Today with me, uh, as always, is our co-host, the Reverend Dr. Mark Larson, who is the manager of LCMS Church Planting. Hello, Mark. Hello, Steve. Great to be with you today. And also a special guest with us today is Pastor Jim Wellmer. Welcome, Pastor Wellmer. Yes, greetings, Steve. And I know we're having some technical difficulties because we're recording in Missouri and Texas, and we're both going through our own winter storms, but we are thankful to have Pastor Wilmer with us today, and we're going to have a discussion on developing a strong church planning core team. It's one of the most essential parts of how we form a new church. So, uh, Jim, would you be willing to start us off? Tell us a little bit of your background, and I will also say uh, Pastor Wilmer's been a partner with Mission Field USA pretty much from the beginning of our initiative, and he was there to help us even in the formation of some of the resources that we have developed, and has quite a bit of experience. So give us a little bit of the background. Sure. Um, Faith Within Church is in Plano, Texas. Uh, we started in 1964, but in um, in 1985 uh, was our first church plant, I would say, um, kind of mother church to starting a daughter church. There were other churches in the area that started up by the district, and we had helped them uh, as well. But as far as faith, uh, we started, like I said, Emmanuel Lutheran in Allen, which is now in Fairview in 1995. Uh, another one started Emmanuel in Flower Mound. That was in 1999. Um, unfortunately that one closed in 2004. Uh, we started, uh, a church in Wiley, Texas in 2002, and I was involved particularly in that one. That one was the, 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 the design was to be one church in two locations. And it, uh, the mother church was able to, to help out Wiley, but they were, um, joyfully speaking, uh, chartered in 2020, and, and they're on, on their own. And then in 2015, uh, I was also involved in starting a church in Frisco, that's St. John in Frisco, Texas. And they also um, were chartered in 2015, called their own pastor, and uh, they're doing very well. All the, all the other churches are, are doing very well, uh, praise God. But I will say, that uh, to God be all the glory, uh, it's purely by God's grace that uh, he's allowed these new church plants to, 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 to get started and going. Well, that's awesome. And it's interesting when we're talking about parenting, uh, a mother having a daughter congregation, every child seems to be unique. And, you know, unfortunately, there are times uh, when the daughter doesn't uh, make it, and yet you still went on to bravely go ahead uh, with parenting, and God has blessed your work. And so we understand that, as you said, this is God's will, and uh, we leave all the results uh, in his hands. So tell us a little bit about how you would explain in your own experience how to best gather and deploy 
a core team to do this kind of work? Sure. Um, to, in an established congregation, you have a pool of uh, potential leaders and you can pick and choose. And then there's uh, obviously elections and stuff like that. On a church plant, um, let me kind of start with, uh, I'll get to the core group a little bit later, but when a church plant is chartered, it means that their constitution bylaws are approved, then they have their first voters meeting, and then they are able to officially elect officers and board members. But when you're starting a church, uh, you have a, a, a core group of families that are interested in, in the new church plant. So you may have 10 to 15 families. And from this core group, what we've done, and I can really only talk about the experience that, that I've, I've witnessed and helped with, but um, you have a, a group of members that perhaps maybe live in the area of the new church plant. Uh, they're dedicated. Uh, some of them may have experience in leadership. Uh, others may not. Um, some uh, certainly can be trained. In uh, my experience is we were able to find uh, a person that was able to be kind of temporary, had temporary officers, basically, uh, so you got your uh, one person was a, a, both a president and an elder type of thing, head elder, and perhaps maybe another another uh, guy was a, an elder. We had one guy that was the treasurer and financial secretary. We had ladies that helped with the altar guild. Um, we had the elders were kind of like ushers too as well, but that was basically uh, the core group as far as leaders, as far as officers and leaders. And, uh, but we didn't have like a, a, a youth group uh, leader, a trustee, because there's, uh, but once actually a congregation is planted, then you've got people who are interested in the kind of the trustees. But to begin with, um, the leaders were chosen from the core group um, that were interested in starting uh, a church in that area. I can probably talk about qualifications and others too as well, but do you have any other questions then, Steve? Uh, no, and I think that's kind of a good reminder, you know, when you're talking about a mother and a daughter and how this works with a congregation making sacrifices that they are willing to have people who will come along. You kind of need the Abrahams and the Sarahs who are willing to go out on this journey and uh, go where God sends them to do this mission. And when they get to where they're sent, they set up an altar and they begin to worship the Lord. So it's always important to uh, consider how, how do you encourage people from a mother congregation to actively get engaged and use all their gifts for new mission work. So that was, that was a good description of that too. So one of the things that we also talked about uh, in that initial meeting that you were at, Jim, if we we're going to put resources together, just to have a strong theological understanding uh, for what it is we're about to do, and that is to plant the church. But then the question becomes, well, what is church? What are the characteristics and the marks 
that makes the Christian church. And so one of the things I presented was that we would look at Luther's marks of the church so that we would know clearly that these are the activities that are set aside for God's mission. And that happens through his word and sacrament and sacramental uh, church planting. So explain to us how you would consider how what kind of church is to be planted. Well, a Lutheran church. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the, uh, a Lutheran church plants another Lutheran church. And um, the new church plant um, should be uh, distinctly Lutheran. Yeah, you, you said it correctly. The purpose of the church is simply to baptize, to teach, to absolve, to preach, and minister uh, the Lord's Supper. Uh, the purpose is for the forgiveness of sin. So we, we need to understand the core purpose of, of God's church and his purpose and mission for, for really all churches, but uh, especially for the, the core group. They also need to support the, um, the office of the ministry and, and also the mission vision of, of the church. And so you want the core group to be on the same page theologically. So they should um, support or the, the God's word and then also our Lutheran confessions, especially the mother church. When she plants a daughter congregation, uh, she wants the daughter congregation to kind of hold to the same beliefs and confession as the mother church as well. Uh, my wife and I are blessed with five children. And so to use an analogy, I mean, we, we teach our children, we read Bible stories to them. Uh, they're involved in catechesis. They, um, they eventually, by God's grace, find a spouse and, and have their own family. And that's kind of the same way with the mother church. You want the daughter congregation to believe and confess in the same thing. And so when we talk about the, uh, the characteristics or the qualities of a core team, uh, it is very important for them, again, to, to believe in God's word and to confess uh, and to hold to also our Lutheran confessions as well. So for the, the church plant to be distinctly Lutheran is, is very important. Very good. And each, as you said, child is unique. Each congregation is unique. And sometimes how the core group is formed and who leads in different uh, various ways can be different as well. Tell us a little bit in your own experience and about who leads in a new church. Yes. Um, when we look at the installation of congregation officers in the uh, Lutheran agenda, uh, it lists Acts chapter 6 there. And the qualifications uh, are those who are of good repute, full of the Spirit, and of wisdom. When we look at 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, it, the leaders are to lead so that God may be glorified. And when we look at the qualifications for a, a church plant, the, um, the group has to be, it's good for them to be, and that guy not only, I mentioned earlier, is uh, faithful to God's word and Lutheran confessions, but also unified uh, theologically. In the direction of the church, yeah, it's good for them to be on the same page. 
The danger is that when a new member from the community perhaps might join the church, they might, oftentimes they're excited about helping with the new church, but they may have a different mission and vision. They not may not be uh, on the same page theologically. And that's a challenge because you want the new church plant to grow and praise God for that. And there's no problem that to no problem with that. I think it's important for the pastor to catechize and teach the new members, Lutheran, non-Lutheran, um, so that they're on the same page theologically. It's important for the pastor to guide the the core group, the leaders, so that uh, they're all working together. Uh, harmony amongst the new the new ch- in the new church plan is very important amongst amongst the core group. So these are kind of some of the qualities that uh, that we're looking for in in the core team, or I should say, even the any kind of temporary officers or board members. Okay, and can you walk us through? I think you gave us kind of an example, even with Frisco, of an you perhaps an associate pastor who helped to kind of spearhead things. How did you uh, develop that kind of temporary leadership, and how did that then become uh, a fully fledged chartered congregation? Okay, so at Faith Lutheran Plano, we we've had an associate pastor. Actually, an associate pastor started or helped start all four congregations. Um, and so what we had is, in many of these situations, we had, well, I'll take Allen, for example. So Allen, uh, Texas is north of us. And there was a, a group of members who said, hey, there's not a Lutheran church in our area. Uh, can Faith Lutheran and Plano, the mother church, help us start a church in Allen? And so we already had a core group of members already living in that area. And that's the same, same, it's true with uh, Wiley. It's the same, uh, and it's true in Frisco too as well. And so we, the core group then became members of our church who already lived in that area. And they, some of them were already experienced in leadership or officers or serving on a board uh, that was a great blessing for the core team. And so just the pieces fit together. We had a pastor to serve them. And all of these, by the way, began with a worship service. There were some meetings, to, to be sure, to kind of uh, ahead of time to uh, make plans for the location, the time of service, and things like that. But what it took was... Uh, in our situation here, it was a pastor and, an, a, and and a group of people living in that area that were dedicated to starting the mission, and they then became the core group, and then some of them then became uh, an officer, a temporary officer or board member. Very good. And we do include that if uh, anybody's listening and want to check out our resource. It's at lcms.org slash churchplanting, and a lot of these things are kind of kingdom of the left uh, they do involve working through your local governance. It does require bylaws and constitutions and temporary leadership and, and all the rest. So if you're looking for some nuts and bolts tips, um, feel free to check that out. 
And uh, Mark and I are always there to, to help. And we appreciate having uh, Pastor Wilmer uh, part of the Mission Field USA initiative, too. Pastor Wilmer, uh, can you tell us uh, what is some good advice that you would give for those who are forming a new core group? And what are some things to look out for also? First of all, it's good that they are Lutheran, uh, that we are unified with them and theologically. Uh, Look for people who are dedicated, are interested in in starting a a new congregation in a certain area. Um, People are willing to give their time, their talents uh, to serve. And like in our situation, again, uh, they were already members of our church. Uh, But, you know, the other thing is, is when we started these churches, uh, my experience is, is that uh, uh, new members just came out of the woodwork, and, and I couldn't believe this. So we had someone move into the area, and they were Lutheran from a previous congregation. There was no Lutheran church there. But then when we planted a church in, the, in a certain area, they visited us and said, hey, we're Lutheran. We're glad you're, you're in our community. And so sometimes God blesses a new church plant with uh, people in the area that um, that are look that, that have no Lutheran church to go to, or another situation, uh, there were prospects that said, "Hey, uh, I see there's a new new church in the area. We come to check check it out." And so I would go to their home and catechize them right in their home, and that was a great blessing because I was able to establish a relationship with them and and them with me and in the new church plant. And so I've. <laughs> I've learned that when you when you start a new church, uh, God provides and and people come out of the woodworks, prospects, visitors, and so you not only have the core group that perhaps may have experience, but there's also opportunity to catechize and to teach uh, prospective new members as well. Very good. I know that was my experience also, and we were intentional. We put an ad in the paper in the local community newspaper and said there's going to be a new church starting and exactly what you said there were people that had lived there for decades they were just waiting for a lutheran congregation to be formed there were people that uh i was down in middle georgia and there just happened to be a brewery that used to be there years and years before and some of the people that had moved down from uh wisconsin were still living in the area and they were so excited some people didn't have uh, a lutheran background it was a really good mix of Mother congregation folks, community folks, prior Lutheran folks. I had lists of folks that I was told, you know, they used to go to a Lutheran church, but you'll never get them to come to church. And sure enough, I remember one time I called on 10 families and I think it was about eight of them actually showed up. Uh, for worship service. And and one of the guys actually became one of the best elders I had. Uh, And he was just a a phenomenal uh, gift. And, And God does work in those amazing ways. And as you said, too, you're in the middle of forming a family in some ways. And even organizationally, there's always that forming and storming and norming. There's a process that you go through. And part of that process is everybody being on the same page, uh, understanding what their mission is. I do remember we spent plenty of time going through what what is the church? Um, what is it that we believe? And we even had a little uh, tract on how to tell people what is the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, because for most people in our community, they had never heard of a Lutheran. They hadn't even heard of 
who Martin Luther was. So it was good for us to to really understand who we were, why we were there, and how best to tell people uh, about the Lutheran Church and the Reformation and what it meant uh, to have those strong solas that made us who we are and to have that identity in our confession of faith. I do believe that that was an important process, and I, I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast before, but I do remember in our meeting saying that it's not going to stop us uh, when we run into hiccups when it comes to budget or finances or facilities. You know, the the only thing that can hinder God's mission is going to be disunity. And so from the very beginning, and, and I'm sure Mark has seen this as well, God blesses you with a diverse group of people, uh, people from all different walks of life and backgrounds. And the importance, though, is that you do form this family and that you do have that unity and you all have, you know, a clear understanding of why God has put us in this place at this time and to go about the intentionality of developing fellowship. And I remember even uh, with age groups, we did that. So we would host a, a family night and we would invite the littlest of the littles to do an activity with our eldest uh, people that were in the core group. And from the very beginning, it had that great sense of familial, godly fellowship as we were being formed into this new family of God in this place. So I think those are all good good things to remember. That's some excellent advice uh, and to be intentional about developing uh, a loving fellowship and a true uh, understanding of, of unity uh, through God's word. And that's what binds us is, is our confession. And that's what makes us uh, who we are. So very good point. Appreciate that. How about any final concluding thoughts that you have for us with all the experience you've had so far with planning churches and developing core groups? To God be all the glory. Again, he's the one who grows the church to use the family illustration again, it's a joy for to see a, to plant a new church and to see it grow. And God, God provides. He provides funding. He provides people, and He grows the church in His own way and time by means of gospel and sacrament, to be sure. But it's a it's a joy to not only plant the church, but also I'm aware of one of our church plants that are, they're interested in. Uh, in starting a church east of them. And so here you've got a daughter congregation that actually is looking to plant another congregation. And that's exciting to see. It's also a joy to see the core group, the the new church plant, uh, become a family together. So on a Sunday morning, you have a visitor and all the members become uh, active in introducing themselves to a visitor or welcoming people. You, you don't need a separate committee for that. They're all on the same page in terms of, obviously they want the, the mission to grow, but they also are there for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, they want the gospel to be taught and preached and the sacraments to be, to be administered. And so just as a, a father mother finds joy in having a, a son or a daughter it's it's also a for a, in our situation a mother church uh, giving birth to by God's grace another church. Very good, Mark. What key positions do you want to fill in a core group? You mentioned elder, but are there some other ones? Yeah. Um, 
Well, obviously the treasurer or some kind of financial secretary, uh, oftentimes the elders become like ushers also. You've got the altar guild. So on Sunday morning, uh, the altar guild would set up the altar. Well, we had at one location, we used a preschool. Another location, another church start, we used a hotel business meeting room. But it's neat to see the core group all work together to set up, set up the chair, set up the altar, the communion ware, um, uh, the pulpit, uh, bulletins, getting that all that ready. So those, I would say, are the basic offices, and the rest just simply falls in place. And as the church grows, like I mentioned, uh, also you could get a, a trustee and, and other offices as well. But to get it to get things started, that's kind of what we used as as far as our situation. Very good. Thank you. Well, you bring up a couple of good points, uh, Jim, and the first being the idea of a daughter congregation then giving birth. I mean, a healthy body reproduces, and we've talked about this before, that only about 7% of congregations are actively engaged in new missions. And could you only imagine if you know, uh, a husband and wife that are able to have children that, uh, you know, only 7% decided that they would have children. That, that would be kind of devastating as a culture and a, a society. And one of the things also that we found, we were involved with some Lifeway research uh, projects. And one of the things that they mentioned was of the four main success factors is that when a daughter congregation is being formed, it's actually in the DNA of that congregation that they are not the end product, but that they too will go on to have a child. And that's just natural and that's healthy. And that's what a healthy church body does is continually reproducing. So mother giving birth to daughter, giving birth to daughter. And that's just the natural flow of of how God wills and how God works. And to God be the glory, as you said, and you put the results in his hands. But also considering the fact that when we are talking about people that will come along and be part of this core group, I know for me, I also had uh, my wife was a deaconess and she was responsible for our human care activities. And part of my work, you know, was to do the word and sacrament ministry, but also uh, to consider outreach to those who are outside of the church. And that we also consider that there are many orphans, you know, that weren't part of God's family. And whether it's atheists or nuns or the people that are the most vulnerable, that we can reach out to them with the gospel and we can share God's love and through human care activities, uh, establish relationships. Because ultimately, to bring people into this core group of people will require an established, healthy relationship, personal relationship with people and the invitation to become part of this family. And so I think that's a a good analysis when you talk about the importance of seeing this as being family, of this being fellowship, uh, a continuation of reproducing, but also to remember that there are so many lost. Uh, There are so many prodigal sons. There are so many uh, that are orphaned from the family of God and that we have the opportunity when we start this core group of people uh, to reach out to the least and the lost and divide them in. And again, uh, to God be the glory, we see that when the seed is sown, 
to God be the glory that he is the one who provides the harvest. Any other thoughts about that, uh, Jim, in terms of uh, outreach and bringing others into the core group? Yeah, so I think it's tempting for any congregation to become kind of a mega congregation. And I would encourage congregations uh, to think in terms of planning uh, a new church plant. So if they happen to have, say, 10, 20 families in a certain community, uh, a distance away from from the mother church, I would encourage other churches to consider planning a church because I look at the, the three church plants that God has blessed us with, and they they serve the community community better than what we would be able to serve. I should say faith and plano because and, and, and as they're in, in a certain community, then they become a light in that community. And I think the kingdom grows better when there is a local, a congregation with a congregation in a, a neighboring city that can uh, reach out to people in that community. So we have, I think churches have to be careful on, on, on just growing larger for uh, number's sake. But I encourage congregations to, to, to consider, look at uh, starting new, a new congregation. It's, it's a joy. God will bless. Funding will, uh, God will provide the funding through grants and through the district and through other, other means. And, um, and then with that church in that community as a light in that community, they're able to reach out to those who do not yet know Christ in, in, in a manner that the mother church is not able to or is not able to provide the resources. So planting churches in a community where there's not a church uh, is, is a joy. and It's a great thing. And, and God will bless. Very good. And as you say, I mean, this only makes the family stronger. This only makes the family healthier when we're about this kind of mission work and we're about planting and when we're about daughtering. And it's also, as you say, too, it's the best way to reach the lost, especially those in a particular community with people in that uh, context who can uh, better serve their neighbor and love their neighbor in that place. And so we really want to encourage people to consider how this will bring health to your congregation uh, to start thinking about forming core groups, uh, to start new mission work and new places to new people groups. Uh, but then also to consider, you know, this is a unprecedented time for most of us. And that word gets used a little bit too frequently, but you can be assured uh, there is a tsunami of continual grief and hurt that still continues in this time of pandemic and unrest and all the other things that have happened to us as a society where the church can bring the balm of the gospel. And so whether it's atheists, whether it's nuns, whether it is people who are the least of the least and written off by the world, what an opportunity when you develop a core group to reach out and to present the gospel to a dying, hurting world. That mission will certainly be blessed. And again, the Lord of the harvest will bring the harvest, but the laborers are few. So Jim, thank you so much for your time, your experience, uh, your partnership with us. And thank you just for being an encouragement to others that, hey, you can do this. Um, God will bless this work. Uh, it just takes some Abrahams and Sarahs to go out boldly and to fill his mission. 
So again, thank you, Jim, for your time and your experience and sharing with us today. Thank you very much. And thank you, Mark, for being with us today. Appreciate uh, your time and everybody stay safe and warm. Thank you, Steve. God bless. And we'll see you back for our next installment of the Mission Field USA podcast. Thanks for listening to the Mission Field USA podcast for church planting. Visit lcms.org slash church planting for other resources and information to share your ideas and to contact us. The Mission Field USA podcast is a production of the Office of National Mission of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in partnership with KFUO Radio. The Lord be with you.